It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. Another glorious week, a lot to go through, and uh, this probably is going to be a little bit of a disjointed podcast because there's so much going on, but it's all going to be about the relatively the same thing, specifically when it comes to Maui and the wildfires. So you have to bear with me because my mind is a raging torrent flooded with the rivulets of thought cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives, which leads me to... That's right, I'm going to do a random word of the day. And so the first word that I see is, oddly enough, this is pretty apropos, gallimaceous. And that means confused or unintelligible Talk. That's right. Chris Michaels is going to engage in gallimaceous uh, actions. No, it's a noun. It's not an adverb. Uh, I am. That would mean uh, Chris Michaels is gallimaceous on certain occasions. He is confused and uh, the type of language that he has is almost unintelligible. So now you can use that with your friends and say, yes, I listen to a podcast that doesn't make any effing sense. Or it makes so much sense you can't even comprehend how much sense it actually makes. So, first up, we now have what Georgia is claiming to be idiocy, or I'm claiming to uh, what Georgia is doing to be idiocy, because now we've got, uh, they're going after Trump yet again. Ten indictments listed. Trump allegedly impersonated electors in Georgia. T- what? Really? Uh, Trump discussed 11,780 votes in a call with Raffensperger. Uh, okay, makes no sense. If he sits there and says, hey, I think there are uh, roughly 12,000 votes to be found here, that's not changing an election. Uh, Giuliani, Eastman, Schaefer's actions under scrutiny. Trump team possibly linked to, to Coffee County breach attempt. Oh, they're, they're trying to run up another Watergate scandal here, and Trump is going to be the big old bad guy, the big old Nixon in this case. Uh, It's not going to work. Claims of intimidation in Fulton County under investigation. Oh, what what, what kind of intimidation? Hey, do you think your elections are secure? That kind of intimidation? Uh, State-level indictment, no option for pardon. Racketeering charges may lead to a 20-year sentence, and the trial could be televised. I mean, if you had any other doubt in your mind that Trump is going to win this election, have no doubt any longer. And what makes it even worse is that I don't know if any of you saw this, but the indictments were posted before the grand jury had completed their meetings. So in other words... It's almost like they knew that Trump was going to be indicted no matter what. And this is from Zero Hedge. Attorneys for Donald Trump on Monday criticized the Georgia Fulton County District Attorney's Office for a report that a document listing criminal charges against President Trump was briefly posted earlier in the day then abruptly taken down. The Fulton County District Attorney's Office has once again shown that they have no respect for the integrity of the grand jury process. This was not a simple administrative mistake. A proposed indictment should only be in the hands of the District Attorney's Office, yet it somehow made it to the clerk's office and was assigned a case number and a judge before the grand jury even deliberated. This is emblematic of the pervasive and glaring constitutional violations which have plagued this case 
from its inception. Right then and there, you know that this court case is going to be possibly the most corrupt court case ever in the history of this country. And on top of it, they're trying to go after Donald Trump yet again. They will do anything in their power to make sure that Donald Trump does not get elected to office, doesn't have the chance of getting into that presidential primary, the election season, be able to fundraise, be able to debate, on and on and on. Why? Because he probably knows where the bodies are buried. And more than likely, they are so scared of him that they decided to launch the DOJ against him because they have nothing else to go on. So they bring up all of these jingoist charges against him that are beyond beyond reprehensible, and they know for a fact that they cannot do anything legally against Trump that would actually stick. So this is all about election interference. There's nothing more to it. And if they somehow get Trump in a lurch where he is going to be forced to serve time or something like that, then so much the better, because they just want this guy out of the way in the worst way possible. And by the way, that's only going to solidify his base even further. It's only going to drag more moderates and center voters to Donald Trump's cause because they now realize how corrupt the Bidens are. They understand how badly damaged their bank accounts are ever since Biden took into office. I mean, think about gas prices, your retirement, so on and so on. It's all damaged. Because of Joseph Biden, my bank account, my gas prices were a lot better under Donald Trump. I don't know about you. So that's what's really going on here, and it's incredibly sad. It is horribly, horribly sad that uh, we even have to deal with this. Clearly, I am fumbling along until I find what I'm looking for, right? I'm killing time, filling up the dead air as a broadcast professional should. Okay, so now I'm going to get back to Maui. What's Maui all about? Maui is an island. Maui is also replete with mythological stories. You can go back. You can look up what Maui did. Maui, essentially, the being, the demigod, not a full-fledged god. Uh, it depends upon what you're reading, but he had a crooked fish hook. He was a terrible fisher, but somehow he was able to catch fish. If you look at other other legends about Maui, you find out that he's the one that dragged the Hawaiian Islands up from the deep. The constellation that is associated with Maui is Scorpio. So if you are into the ages, you know, those different timelines, the astrological ages, then you can understand how old that mythology is if you have to look for the age of Scorpio. Technically, the age of Scorpio isn't recorded, but you can actually go further back in time. We're talking about millennia to find the age of Scorpio. What do I mean by that? It's when Scorpio was the dominant constellation in the sky, almost like the North Star, right? The Earth was pointing towards the age of Scorpio. So that's how old these legends are. The other aspect of Maui is that he lifted the heavens from Earth because he found out that mankind couldn't walk upright because the sky was so close to the ground. So he pushed that up. He raised islands from a flood, right? So now you understand what Maui is all about. But we also know last week that there were tons of wildfires, and they are dubious at best. One and 
one thing you have to realize is that these wildfires are extremely suspicious. They happen on Maui. So if you do any kind of research on Maui, you find out that there are in the top five counties ranked by per capita income in Hawaii, right? Three of them, three out of five are in Maui County. So you're talking about an extremely affluent area of Hawaii. And that's important to know because you've got people like Oprah on there and you've got people like Obama there. You've got all of these extremely wealthy people with dubious ties to all of this land. Oprah just bought, I think, a couple of hundred acres not so long ago. And then miraculously, we've got these fires. So what's odd about all of this? Well, if you look at all the pictures and if you go over to Cultivate Elevate, um, so the the um that you can go over onto Instagram you can find him there he does a lot of research about dues direct energy weapons and what they talk about is essentially that more than likely these fires happen to have started by direct energy weapons now this is not conspiracy he goes through all the patents that you can find and all of this stuff where they're essentially talking about microwave beams or high powered lasers that are able to be shot throughout the atmosphere and on top of that, they can start fires. So that's the whole basis behind this. Of course, the governor of Hawaii is saying that, oh, this has to do with climate change. And, oh, we were going through a drought. Yes, please tell me how you were going through a drought on a tropical island. I would love to hear that explanation, but whatever. So that's the whole background to this. You've got a one side that's saying, oh, it's direct energy weapons. You've got another side that's saying, oh, it's climate change. Of course, we don't believe here at the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels that it is going to be part of the climate change mantra. So going to Giza Death Star, we have an interesting story about what actually happened there. Dr. Kathy Forty, F-O-R, T.I., she wrote a, uh, a missive, uh, what really happened on Maui. I was there. A friend called me early on the morning of Tuesday, August 8th, and told me he had a strong urge to visit Lahaina that day, tempting me with lunch at Cool Cats, one of my favorite eateries. The 30-minute drive was without incident, without winds, and without any warning advisories. As soon as we reached Lahaina, all power got zapped. Cell phone, internet, traffic lights, GPS, the 911 emergency system, and the power outage caused every store and shopping mall in the immediate area to close. Nothing was open. Then the winds came bringing with it a rare, rainless hurricane with gusts up to 80 miles per hour. Trees became uprooted and branches were coming down everywhere, along with power poles. I heard a crash behind me, and where I was less than 30 seconds prior was a crashed and uprooted tree. It was time to get out of there. Okay, so now here's some interesting little tidbits that you could take from this. She says that all power got zapped, meaning... Nothing was available, not your cell phone, not even the 911 emergency system, which is the penultimate system in any situation where there's an emergency. 
you see contradicting stories that are starting to emerge across social media where they're saying that how come the power wasn't cut from any of the power lines in Hawaii? But right here, according to Dr. Forty, we are seeing that there was no power to be cut. So you have to watch out for these stories. Unless there's a video involved in all of this, you have to look at this with a jaundiced eye. She continues that no evacuation sirens went off. They failed... The fires, uh, they failed for warnings with the fires. My friend and I had to escape through a back road going all the way around the island. They, these fires were indeed strange. Now, this is, this is going to be a point in the direct energy weapon category. The night before, both my friend and many others claimed to have had very restless sleep. I personally experienced a strange flooding wave of energy in my head almost like seizure activity, which I have come to identify as dark energy coming in. This flooding energy continued on and off the next morning, more so when I was on Lahaina. This told me there was a directed energy involved in what was coming. Now, this kind of resonance is not uncommon in people because you can read countless reports of people feeling funny getting oompa loompa vibes before a hurricane or like in my case before a snowstorm i get a very big migraine before snowstorms uh the earthquakes volcanic activity all of these people have everybody almost has some kind of awareness when some natural disaster is going to come across however a hurricane probably isn't something like this and dr forty continues by saying this was not just a random act of Mother Nature, it reminded me of the strange fires in Paradise, California, a few weeks, a few years back, which swept through and wiped it off the map. Their only crime was getting in the way of a high-speed railway project slated to come through the town. So right there, she is associating World Economic Forum-type activity with the fires a few years ago in Paradise, California. And more than likely, what we're looking at is one of those same kinds of events. A little bit of history to draw your own conclusions, Dr. Forty says. Historic Lahaina is the key harbor seaport on the island. The Lanai Ferry goes back and forth. All the commercial snorkeling and scuba diving firms set sail from there and tourists flock there. The problem with historic Lahaina was that it had a large old Hawaiian community that was in the way of the developers. Now it's like ground zero, declared a disaster area, and federal and state rules are probably going to be tossed aside. It's a toxic mess. They will undoubtedly blame it all on climate change. All over the island, tracts of land are being bought up by corporations and no one knows who is behind them. Could it be foreign interests? In January of 2023, there was a smart city conference where they were discussing turning Maui into a 15-minute smart island. Whoa, where have we heard that before? Next month, there is a digital summit to discuss turning the island digital and all artificial intelligence. Matt from Cultivate Elevate brought that up almost on day one. But here we go. We've got more confirmation of that. It is what I have been talking about for months, if not at least a year, the advent of these 15-minute cities. And I'll say briefly, what is that all about? It's AI-driven. It is blockchain-driven. They want you 
to live and not move beyond 15-minute walking distance or bicycle distance from your registered address. And they will enforce this policy based upon central banking digital currencies. If you go beyond X amount of miles or kilometers or furlongs, from your registered address, your central banking digital currency won't work. And if you want to go beyond that 15-minute transportation distance, then you will have to purchase carbon credits or carbon document, whatever it's going to be called, to go beyond those 15 minutes. And, well, if you wanted to actually do that, it's probably going to be fairly expensive to take a plane ride. But luckily enough... With your carbon coupons, you can sell them to rich people so that they can travel around the world on their private jets unhindered by the teeming masses. That's the whole idea of a 15-minute city. It is about complete control. So Dr. Forty is actually coming up with something that is extremely important here also, beyond the AI-driven 15-minute smart city. It's the idea that the powers that be wanted to get these people out of the way. They wanted to develop a certain portion of that island, and guess what? There were elderly people there, and you just need to brush them away. This is on Twitter, 17 thank Q, the letter Q, and he brings, or she, brings up, uh, a post, who owns Maui? After the state of Hawaii, who owns over 154,000 acres on Maui? Alexander and Baldwin is the second largest landowner at over 65,000 acres. And then the U.S. government comes in third with 33,000 acres. So who is Alexander and Baldwin? They are a big time, guess what, banking firm. And not, not necessarily a banking firm, but they're a big time company, real estate, right? Top institutional holders of Alexander and Baldwin. Oh, number one, number two. Number one is BlackRock. Number two is Vanguard. Number three is State Street. And wouldn't you know it? There we go. You have right there the largest landowners after the state of Hawaii on the island of Maui or in the county of Maui is Alexander and Baldwin, who is essentially run by BlackRock and Vanguard. Oddly enough, the two culprits that we've been hearing about so much since the Trump administration. But this isn't the first time that they've tried to do something like this by setting fire to the island. This comes from KHON number two. That's right. Local news, this is from May of 2022, officials suspect someone is setting fires all over Maui. Officials said fires were located all over the island of Maui in different regions. Fire and police suspect someone is intentionally setting them. Wouldn't that be a hoot? According to officials, the incident occurred between, you know, on and on and on. So the essential crux of this whole article is that fires have been being set since at least 2022. That is something that should really be looked at, because what did we find here? We found out that the whole island was set ablaze, and the largest landowner, or the second largest landowner for that island, happens to be BlackRock and Vanguard, along with, you know, probably Oprah and her nefarious uh, ties 
to individuals involved with human trafficking. Keep that one in mind. I will come back to that later. Uh, so what do we have here? After the disaster, we who's really who's really going through all of this and trying to heal people? Maui Police Chief John Pelletier said that they have identified two of the 89 people, so on and so forth. Big, big deal. Who is Maui Police Chief John Pelletier? Or at least that's how I'm going to pronounce his name. Uh, well, oddly enough, in 2017, Mr. Pelletier was the incident commander for a mass shooting at a country music festival that left 58 people dead in Las Vegas. Gee, doesn't that sound like a bag man to me and to you? Because... If you have someone like that who is able to cover up whatever happened at that bizarre shooting in Las Vegas involving Saudi Arabian people and a weird, bizarre accountant, right? Remember that guy who is somehow getting access to the freight elevators and bringing up weapons? And it's basically a weapons deal. I did a podcast on him a long time ago. I don't remember his name. If this police chief can cover that up, then mark my words, he's in Hawaii to cover this up, whatever this may be. So going down the road of the direct energy weapons, right? So we have some kind of suspect trying to set things on fire, thanks to KHON, uh, Channel 2 in Hawaii. But there, we've got plenty of... I don't want to say evidence, but we've got plenty of suspicions talking about direct energy weapons. Uh, Greg Bolden did a fantastic podcast. You should go over there and listen to him. Uh, you can go on the X, formerly known as Twitter. Follow him. You can listen to everything over there, too. So there's plenty of evidence to say that. But this comes from Inversionism on Twitter. And he brings up, or she, brings up a patent and this patent is all about, guess what? Forest fires as a military weapon. Final report, June of 1970, U.S. Department of Agriculture. So he references, or she, in 1965, the Joint Chiefs of Staff requested that the Secretary of Defense initiate research to determine the feasibility of measuring the flammability characteristics of forests and jungle growth, modifying flamm flammability so that vegetation would readily support combustion. And then they talk about generating firestorms so that they can set fire with bad actors on the ground, torching ve vegetation or dry grass, and they do it from the sky with directed energy weapons targeting multiple areas. Now, if we're talking about directed energy weapons, right, so what you're doing is this. You're also talking about geoengineering, because what do you have? You have a couple of arsonists on the ground that light the fire. If you're talking about geoengineering, what could you possibly do with all of this? You could manipulate the weather patterns. You can manipulate which way hurricanes go. You can manipulate which way the winds blow and how hard they blow, right? So what else could be involved in this but the nanometals themselves? which the chemtrails are noted to be. Chemtrails happen to be particleized nanometals like barium and strontium and aluminum. And supposedly those items are flammable or combustible, I say. Maybe that's a better 
term. So over on Substack, we've got Greg Reese, Maui wildfires and the theft of sacred Hawaiian land. And he brings up all kinds of juicy things. The people of Maui are on their own for now. And he says that accurately because we hear plenty of firsthand accounts of people trying to donate supplies to the victims of this Maui wildfire, but FEMA and the DOD is supposedly turning them away. So what's happening here? Why aren't these people getting supplies? It's because they're trying to manipulate everything and crack down to implement this complete control over the islands. We also have reports of bright flashes of light, and I've seen one of those videos. It looks like a lightning strike, and then all of a sudden you've got this massive beam of light that it doesn't look like it's coming down from the sky, but it looks as soon as the lightning strikes, it looks like it's lit up, right? It doesn't look like it's beaming down. It's just like it's almost like the lightning triggered something, and then you saw this massive column of light going from the ground to the sky and into the clouds. I've never seen lightning do something like that. So that's a bit of an oddity, don't you think? Many people are saying it was directed energy weapons, and we know that most major governments have them. In his research, Dennis Mills discovered that the incendiary aluminum and barium nanodust from chemtrails is most likely fueling the ferocity of the so-called wildfires. And on the day before the Maui fires broke out, locals were reporting a heavy overcast with chemtrailing that they've never seen before. Interestingly enough, that's what we are experiencing here in New York. Lahaina is considered to be an historic district and sacred land. It was the capital of the Kingdom of Hawaii before it was taken over by the U.S. It's been occupied by Native Hawaiians ever since who are defiantly opposed to the mainland outsiders who keep buying up land with no respect for local culture. Not just BlackRock and Vanguard, but you've got people like Zuckerberg and Oprah Winfrey, including uh, a new 870 acres in Maui that she bought in the spring. In 2018, Paradise Wildfires back in California broke out exactly where the U.N. has plans to somehow make off-limits to human beings the territory that the fires were on. And Governor Josh Green of Hawaii has been putting the World Economic Forum's Great Reset Agenda of uh, ahead of Hawaiian interests. That's right. That is right. Because you can look into Jeff Green, and I want you to remember what I said about human trafficking, because that's going to relate to Mr. Green. But going over to the World Economic Forum's website, August 20th of 2018, almost a couple of years ago to the date, how Hawaii plans to be the first U.S. state to run entirely off of clean energy. It may have a reputation as an ecological paradise, but Hawaii is also one of America's most fossil fuel-dependent states. The state economy depends heavily on tourism and the military, and such the demand for military installations and commercial airlines that jet fuel makes up a larger share of total petroleum consumption in Hawaii than any other state except Alaska. And to cut the state's greenhouse gases, the Hawaiian government launched the Clean Air Initiative of 2008, which pledges to establish new green credentials and aims to use 100% renewable energy or electricity by 2045. So right here, we know that back in 2018, 
they were already planning this kind of dystopian future for the Hawaiian Islands. And it's not going to be televised. You have to go digging for this kind of thing. And it's right on the World Economic Forum's website. It's a little bit old from 2018, but you get the idea. But what could have caused this, right? We have to start considering that there was some kind of fifth column. All of a sudden, the exercise goes live, right? 9-11, oh, the exercise goes live. Sandy Hook, the exercise goes live. Pearl Harbor, right? Same islands, 1941. Wouldn't you know it, the exercise goes live. What does that mean, the exercise goes live? A lot of people and a lot of agencies were training for some kind of catastrophe, and oddly enough, just like the Boston bombings too, that training was going to go into effect at the same time as the exercise was taking place. In other words, the event they were training for was actually going to occur. How does this happen? Nobody knows. The governor of Hawaii came out and said in the, well, at least the New York Times is reporting this, Hawaii's governor orders a review of whether warning systems uh, worked properly. We will do all that we can to find out how to protect our people moving forward. Governor Josh Green of Hawaii said on Friday he authorized a review of the emergency response, the devastating fires, the decimated Lahaina, and so on and so forth. Uh, Telecommunications were destroyed by the flames. But we know from Dr. Uh, What's-Her-Face, Dr. Frida, is that her name? I don't remember her name. See, I, I 40, Dr. 40 from uh, Joseph Farrell's article, that all that stuff was out, right? It was out before all this stuff happened. It was out before the flames happened. The 911 system was out, right? It didn't get destroyed by the flames. It was already out, if we're to believe her story. So... Why is this significant? Because we know Governor Green is full of excrement, buffalo excrement even, because you can only go over to hawaii.gov, dod.hawaii.gov, and you can find all kinds of situations and events and emergency planning that the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency goes through. So it's not something that is a rare occurrence. They happen to go through emergency testing quite often, quite often. And in fact, on August 1st, they do this every month. There's a siren and emergency alert system. On August 1st, they tested this alert system. So to sit there and say, oh, we need to check everything to see if this all goes well. They do this kind of testing every single month. And they blast it across uh, phones that are hooked up and phones that are getting messages for emergency alerts and so on and so forth. This is not something that is out of the ordinary, So for the governor to say, oh, goodness, we had no idea. This was a a complete surprise. How did this happen? Um, We know he's not exactly telling the truth. What's also interesting, on July 17th, Governor Green issues emergency proclamation relating to housing. It's a 25-page document. I mean, it is, oh, man, if if reading this document was a food, it would be uh, Swiss cheese on white bread with mayonnaise with tapioca pudding for dessert. It is that 
dry to read this nonsense. But ultimately, what is this whole proclamation? It is about getting local native Hawaiians housing because many of them are poor, especially on Maui, even though Maui is, in fact, one of the richest communities in Hawaii itself, right? You know this already. So what are they doing here? What exactly are they doing here? And possibly the most ominous of these alerts on the Hawaiian Emergency Management System uh, is this agency, excuse me, is this one. And it came out on July 27th of this year. So July 27th, remember that date, July 27th. New release, new video series offers tips to get to, quote-unquote, two weeks ready for emergencies. Okay, so July 27th is a Thursday. Two weeks after that, seven, no, 14 calendar days after July 27th is what? It's August 10th. When were those wildfires happening? Oh, I don't know. Honolulu, the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency recommends that all state residents become two weeks ready for an emergency, but many people aren't sure how to do that. What is, What does two weeks ready mean? How to meet the specific needs of your household during an emergency. Tips on how to overcome obstacles when building a stockpile of food, water, medicine, and other vital supplies. And they came out with a whole bunch of videos on YouTube to see what the reaction is going to be, 15 episodes in all, and how you're supposed to prepare for an emergency. Now, the whole gist of this is to give you two weeks' time of food and supplies until what they anticipate FEMA's reaction time is going to be. But don't you think it's odd that they release these kinds of videos on the 27th of July, and then two weeks later is the wildfire situation going on right now? So I'm in the camp of individuals that believe that this island was cleared for some World Economic Forum nonsense. Because on July 12th of this year, Office of the Governor, new release, recap of Governor Green at the UN presenting Hawaii Sustainability Update. Hawaii's second voluntary local review presented by Governor Josh Green to the UN during the high-level political forum on sustainable development, July 12th, presents a good news, bad news scenario. And he goes on and on about what's good, what's bad, how they're meeting the goal, how they're not meeting the goal, how they're falling short, and whatever else. The crux of this whole nonsense is that they are trying to pay attention to two things. The first thing is Aloha Plus Challenge goals. The second is UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals. You know exactly what it is. I don't even have to go into it. I did. I looked it up. It is every single kind of Green New Deal nonsense that you can possibly think of with all of the political correct language that you can just tear through and realize that they're trying to institute a dictatorial-style fascist state under the guise of becoming net zero and creating a sustainable environment with not only the island itself, but the civilizations that live there. Sidebar, 
To get to net zero carbon, you would have to die or you probably have to start eating human beings because if you exhale, you are contributing to carbon, right? So this whole idea of being net zero is a farce. It will never happen. The only way it could happen is if you eliminate all of the humans. And right there, I gave you the key to all of this stuff. So going one step further, going one step further, Governor Green, we know, we know he's a World Economic Forum stooge. We know that he's trying to shove this nonsense down Hawaiian throats. And we know that he is as compromised as the day is long. But what about his wife? Jamie Kanani Ushiroda Green is an American attorney who is the first lady of Hawaii as the wife of Governor Josh Green. Now, she's an interesting individual. She's got a JD. She's come back. And oh, my goodness gracious. She is just one of the most altruistic people you'll ever run across. They have two children. And she was raised in the Church of Latter-day Saints. Now, isn't that odd? Oh, I would suspect that, oh, Mormons, right? How many times and how many ways have we heard that Mormons are involved in human trafficking? Look at the Mormon colony just beyond the United States-Mexican border in Mexico, where they're constantly getting their wrists slapped about the human trafficking and child trafficking nonsense that they're engaged in. And then there are countless other examples that I'm not going to go into. But here's another little bit about Jamie over here. Jamie, in her career, she worked for Project Visitation, which serves siblings who are separated by the foster care system and as a volunteer guardian ad litem for the Hawaii State Judiciary. What does that mean? It means you are the guardian of people that cannot represent themselves or they have no representation because they are minors. Interestingly enough, she is also listed as a member of Green Health International LLC, serves on the board of directors of social organizations like Hale Kippa and the Pacific Gateway Center. So what is Hale Kippa? Well, Hale Kippa, oh, another glittering jewel of altruism mission statement of hail kippa spelled h-a-l-e-k-i-p-a provides opportunities and environments that strengthen and encourage youth their families and communities to actualize their potential and social responsibility in other words they are a therapeutic foster care system they are a haven for runaways in other words we should not be surprised that there could be possible involvement with human trafficking. Because if you know anything about that dark topic, you understand that all of these organizations and non-governmental organizations and charities and all this other stuff, the people that are involved in those groups are extremely compromised. It's almost as if you have that classic inversion technique. Oh, I'm going to start up a charity for missing children and runaways and all of that other stuff. 
And, uh, oh, by the way, I'm a human trafficker myself. What better way for me to help others, right? A lot of those people are in the foster care system, and on and on we go. So Jamie, member of the Mormon Church, is part of Hale Kippa. Now, Hale Kippa, its little emblem, is a heart, sty a stylized heart, and wouldn't you know it, you've got the same hypnotic swirl in the heart of Hale Kippa itself, the same kind of swirl that the FBI associates with child trafficking groups. What are the odds of this? And then she's also associated with Pacific Gateway. What is Pacific Gateway? Pacific Gateway is another way to empower people and give them self-sufficiency. That's right. They have a steadfast purpose to serve the disadvantaged, uprooted, and the displaced. And what do they do? They help low-income residents, immigrants, refugees, and other vulnerable populations. Oh, my gosh. What better way to be associated with altruism than also partnering with the United States Committee for Refugees and Immigrants and the Catholic Legal Immigration Network? Okay. So you understand what these groups are all about. Whenever you see this kind of work, you have to think on some level, maybe not all of them, that they are involved in human trafficking, especially on an island like Hawaii or an island chain like the state of Hawaii. And you've got people over there like Oprah Winfrey, who was very good friends with Harvey Weinstein, who we knew abused women and probably trafficked. Uh, and we've got on the same island Barack Obama, who decided to bring $65,000 worth of hot dogs and pizza from Chicago to the White House at 1 a.m. in the morning on a jet, uh, if you know anything about that, then you know that hot dogs and pizza are code word for different types of children. But there's no evidence of that, right? And then you've got the governor of Hawaii and his spouse, who happens to be a Mormon, who happens to be involved with Hale Kippa with little pedophile symbols on the emblem for the group, and the Pacific Gateway Center, which is involved with Catholic nonsense, right? So there's, I, I want to say this as well. This is all assumption. And I'm not saying this is definitive. What I am saying is that there is enough here to do some more digging into the boards of these groups. And there's enough here to raise eyebrows. So what's the ultimate goal behind all of this? You've got an extremely rich island. They don't want normal people on it. If you've got people like Barack Obama, Oprah, Jeff Bezos on this island... They don't want the regular ham and eggers. They want this whole island for themselves. And if they're trying to make this island an AI-run, artificial intelligence-run island, and a 15-minute city, or in this case, a 15-minute island, completely controlled by AI and tracking every single person on that island, they don't want you there. They want this as a little paradise of their own. And the governor is going to be more than happy to comply with these kinds of powerful individuals, especially since, more than likely, they're going to be donating to his re-election campaign. So there's a lot going on here with Hawaii and these wildfires. And I hope 
somebody does some more research on Hale Kippa and the Pacific Gateway Center. Uh, like I said, I'm not saying anything is definitive, but I'm saying there's enough here, given what we know about these uh, these symbols and what these organizations and other organizations do. Uh, so it's very, very, very telling about what they intend for this island. Okay, so that's going to be, or we can make the implication uh, of what they intend to do for this island. That's going to be it for me. It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. You know what you could do. You can like me, find me, share me, as always. And remember the word of the day, gallimatious, unintelligible talk or confused talk. I hope that wasn't this podcast. Like me, find me, share me, Last Call Podcast on all of your social media platforms. And Last Call Caravan, if you want to. No, Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels on your podcasting platforms. Excuse me. And uh, Last Call Caravan on the social media platforms. Because if you're paying attention to me and following me, you're on the caravan of Last Call. And you're a lovable fuzzball with an honorary citizenship to the fuzzball nation.